you know, go, like I kind of said earlier, going and advocating for the field, spreading this knowledge, like creating this path for other people to see and, you know, just putting information out there. That's why I try to put it out through my channel, my YouTube channel, try to put it out on Instagram, try to just share it on my personal page as well, just because I feel like I want people to know about this. And I think it kind of just starts with us, people that are in it, and we have to go out and be more vocal. And we have to think of creative ways to, you know, also share this knowledge. Because honestly, like, when you think of a career, you're thinking about the money. Okay, come on, we got the money. Now, you can also have passion with this. What do you want to do? Where do you want to work? You want to work in a school? You want to work in a hospital? You want to work in a corporate office? You want to create your own business? You want to be your own boss? You can do all of that. Literally, the opportunities are endless. Literally. We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University in class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carlborn Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What up, what up, what up? It's your boy. I wanted to try that. So if anybody's sitting there on the other side, like, what the heck? I'm sorry. I just wanted to try that. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Off the Clock, the Health Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm glad to be here. All right, Paul. Thank you, man. So without further ado, you guys know how we like to rock. You know, we love bringing you special guests. This week is no exception. I'm excited because this is now uh, speech language pathologist number two. So we're making, we're making some moves here. Um, but without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce Ms. Diamond Godbolt, who is the CEO of the SLP Way. She has a successful YouTube brand as well. Super excited to have you, Diamond. How are you feeling? Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm happy to be here. Of course, of course. So, um, Diamond, we like to be respectful of your time. So with that being said, let's just go ahead and dive right into it. So right off the bat, tell us, tell the listeners, why did you choose to become a speech-language pathologist? All right. So I chose to become a speech pathologist after many, many other options. Um, it definitely wasn't my first option. I originally wanted to be a dentist, a fashion designer, um, a lawyer, and something else I can't remember, but I wanted to be a few other things. But at the end of all that, I really wanted to help people. I wanted to inspire people. I wanted to do something that was gonna be beneficial to other people. Um, and my mom actually introduced me to the field. She had a friend that had a daughter that was a speech pathologist. I looked into it and I was like, okay, let me just try this out. Let me see what this is about. Took my first class in undergrad phonetics and I really enjoyed it. And then I just get stuck with it. I just jumped in and, you know, embraced it, embraced the coursework. And as I got through the program, I was like, wow, like I really made a great decision because there's so many options in this field. So that's kind of how I chose it, how I came across it. Okay. 
Now, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, but I do have a follow-up question before we get too deep into this, because it's not going to be appropriate later. I have heard, arguably, you know, we were doing the research on you and everything, right? And um, I saw that you've only gone to HBCUs, but well, just for the listeners. Well, it's not an HBCU. It's not? No, it's not. Okay, so we're going to talk about the HBCU you attended. The, the one. The, oh, my gosh. Okay, so you already answered my question. <laughs> you already answered my question. I was just going to ask. What is the hype with this university? The hype is you need to be there. All right, for those of y'all who are trying to go to Howard, you heard it here first. Go, be a bison. Mercy, a bison. For life. <laughs> That's what y'all doing out there. Okay, um, no disrespect to Howard. No, Howard is a phenomenal, phenomenal institution. Um, that service serves uh, people like us because, you know, we got to get represented. And I love it. Um, so let's just jump right in uh, with SLP being a speech pathologist first of all i think like what you do mm -hmm. is um so phenomenal because it's like one of those things that people don't really think about too much until it like personally affects them or somebody that they know right so let's kind of dive right into you know the if you could like kind of paint right what speech pathology is in its entirety or not even its entirety in like a subsection um, maybe two to three points of what makes speech pathology so great, one. And then two, the benefits of going into it with the intention of either becoming an entrepreneur or um, being able to do your own thing at some point down the road. What would that be? Okay, so you want me to um, tell you what I want to do down the road with it or just the benefit of... Well, let's start with the benefits, right? Because I think the listeners need to hear what speech path kind of brings to the table, right? Because all these other professions you know people will sing from the praises but speech rights is one of those really special ones where I didn't know it existed until I was like halfway through college and I found out one of my friends was studying to be a speech fact because they asked me to like come come be one of their things for an assignment and I was just like what I didn't know this was a thing now they did the ear the ear stuff oh, okay. yeah 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 the ear stuff it was weird well, it wasn't weird, but it was just very uncomfortable because I'd never done it before. But yeah, let's jump into it. Like, what are the, what are two to three benefits of becoming a speech path? One, and then how does that even help you like with an entrepreneur? And then even with what you're trying to do down the road, what does that look like? Okay, so a speech pathologist, just we're painting that picture of what we do and what we are. We're basically in everything we do. So we work on the main well, I don't want to say name, but four, four modalities of just any language in general. So you being able to communicate with someone, being able to understand what they tell you, being able to, um, and we, we call that like just being able to express yourself, right? And that's through talking, through writing, and then understanding what someone's telling you verbally or understanding what you read. And also being able to socially interact with people and being able to eat. So it's literally in everything we do, things we do daily. Um, if I am just saying like the benefits of it, I feel like as a speech language pathologist, we have so many different niches that you can kind of get into that kind of all go back to that. So there's no way that you can learn everything as one person, but you have so many options to branch off into and then begin and build on something that you like and create a new or create a new path for yourself. Um, there's people that, you know, we also study voice because we need the voice to communicate, right? I always tell people we study everything from here, which is the top of my head, to like right above my belly button. Um, because all that is related to, once again, expressing, understanding, eating, voice, all that. 
for me personally, I'm still like, I kind of know, I kind of know what I want to do, but I'm still growing. I haven't been in the field that long and I'm still really finding what I really love. I love working with adults personally. And I love working with like patients that have swallowing difficulties because I like to eat and I understand the social aspect of eating. And there are some people that lose strength with these muscles that are in your neck I don't want to get to like anatomy issue, but just, you know, being able to tolerate different foods. And when you can't eat, it kind of weighs on you socially, right? And it just, your quality of life kind of is not where it should be or where you would want it to be. So I like helping people rehab, you know, strengthening the muscles or like, you know, adjusting different diets that are appropriate for them. I think down the road, which is why I created the SOP way, I really wanted to showcase the fact that, hey, like, First of all, SOPs are something, you know, and there are many things you can do with being an SOP. We don't only work in schools. We can do whatever you really want to do. Um, I had a professor in grad school that was really big on creating your own path, like doing something different. You know, she was like, whatever you like, whatever you think you like, you can create something within SOP in that niche. Like, you know, if, and she gave the example, if you like makeup, you could teach children that maybe have autism or maybe that just socially pragmatic skills or maybe a little off you could teach them how to do makeup so there you are working on sequencing following directions social interaction and then just all, all around building their self-confidence and even counseling you just you just hit so many different domains for that child and you can enhance the quality of life of that child just by doing something that you're already passionate about so literally whatever y'all could think of <laughs> you can do that with SOB. I love that. I love that for so many reasons. And, and one of them mainly is because I think that what tends to happen um, in the medical field, a lot of the time we think that we are just stuck with doing what the norm is, you know, and that there's no way to be able to have that versatility like you just spoke to. And I think that I think it's important, one, not just for not just for the medical field, you know, but as for us as individuals, because it gives us that opportunity to still be able to dream, you know, and I, I think that's something that, that me, me and Paul have, have even discussed before in terms of the fact that, you know, when you're a child, you dream big, right. you dream of all these things you want to be able to do. And then as we get older, we start being kind of trained and primed to think more realistically, so to right. speak. A question that I, a question that I have for you, kind of stemming stemming from that and backtracking a little bit to something that you said, you talked a little bit about how that was able to help you with being able to communicate. Mm -hmm. And so, my question for you is, how do you think that the communication aspect of that has allowed you to kind of transfer that into making your brand more successful? Um, I think for me. It was more so about like, what do I, what did I want when I was in this position? I mean, I feel like before I didn't know about SLP. Like I said, my mom had a friend that had a daughter that was a speech pathologist and I still didn't know what that is. People still to this day don't really know what an SLP is. And I think for me in that time, I was like, you know, how, what can I do to advocate for this field? It's so great. I feel like the, there's so many things you could do. You have so much freedom in the field because you don't necessarily have to work for a company. You can go work and start your own business, your own private practice, work for yourself, contract yourself, create your own whatever, literally. And 
how can I, number one, advocate for this field? How can I get more minorities in this field? How can I, you know, share what other people are doing so people actually learn about what a speech language pathologist is, what we actually do? Wow, that's attractive. I want to do that, especially like I'm, one thing I'm really passionate about, which is something I want to do in the future, is be able to go speak to different schools and partner with different schools because we don't see a speech language project career day. <laughs> like all we see are like firefighters, police officers, maybe we hear about lawyers, you know, but people are like a speech pathologist, I can talk, you know, or, you know, if, like you said earlier, um, if you are, I think Paul, you said this, but like if you are, you have someone that had a therapist or you see them, that's how you learn about it. Or you go to school in, in PT or in medical. Other than that, you don't really know about it until it affects you personally. So I think, I guess, so So back to your question, I guess, I don't feel like the communicative aspect of it helped me because it's not really, we're not really focusing more on, we are focusing on how to communicate, but not really communicating, I guess, to bring awareness. It was more so of a personal passion that I wanted to advocate for the field and, you know, bring awareness to the field. That makes sense. I love your passion to bring that awareness, first of all. Um, and if I could be honest, like, especially, so here, here's, here's a random fact of life. When I first found out that speech path was a thing, mm-hmm. I only ever saw, um, how do I say this for our listeners, white people being uh, in the field, right? That's right. And I, that. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? And, and I think I love particularly what you're doing because it also advocates on a different front, right? You said, we don't see speech pathologists at career day. So we've got all these kids that could have a potential, and I have a whole different thing about why we're stifling children and their dreams, but that's not for now. If we could only see a speech pathologist, especially one that looks like a ton of the kids in certain communities, right? I think it speaks volumes. Like if I would have showed up to career day one day and I saw um, some black man or black woman that um, was doing something that I wanted to do, I probably would have stuck with it more, right? Because I think almost, oh, crazy. I think almost every career growing up was filled by the shoes of somebody that was white. And so it was very hard for me to make that connection to be like, that's what I want to do. Right. So I think like a lot of students probably even might've felt like me. I really didn't know what I wanted to do until I hit college. And I'm talking about like after I changed my major twice. Right. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I think part of it honestly could have been because I just didn't see anybody look like me doing something that I found interesting. I had a little stint with wanting to be a pilot. Right. But that didn't work out. I I had a section where I thought I wanted to be a medical doctor, but I wasn't seeing anybody that looked like me. Right. And I did every single thing. So what I want to hit, especially with the SOP way, how does it then bring out like the representation where it's underrepresented, right? Because speech path as a whole is already underrepresented as it is. I think people that are already speech paths tend to like bring people in that could have a thing, but you don't hear about some random person that switched from like business, all right? Doing an MBA to being a speech pathologist. So how do you start to represent um, a, a thing that's already underrepresented? And then two, in the underrepresentation, how do you then create 
the path for like young black kids and, and, and kids of color to start to realize this is something for them. Because as far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, it just doesn't represent itself as like a field for people that look like us. Because we just don't see it. Right, we don't. I mean, we're 3% in the field. So that already, already tells you enough right there. Right. Um, and minorities in general, I believe, are like women make up 8% in the field. So, but I think it just takes people that, you know, and a lot of the 3%, we are really passionate about sharing that. So I think it just takes us kind of stepping out of our comfort zone and, you know, like I kind of said earlier, going and advocating for the field, spreading this knowledge, like creating this path for other people to see and, you know, just putting information out there. That's why I try to put it out through my channel, my YouTube channel, try to put it out on Instagram, try to just share it on my personal page as well, just because I feel like I want people to know about this. And I think it kind of just starts with us, people that are in it, and we have to go out and be more vocal. And we have to think of creative ways to, you know, also share this knowledge. Because honestly, like, when you think of a career, you're thinking about the money. Okay, come on, we got the money. Now, you can also have passion with this. What do you want to do? Where do you want to work? You want to work in a school? You want to work in a hospital? You want to work in a corporate office? You want to create your own business? You want to be your own boss? You can do all of that. Literally, the opportunities are endless, literally endless, and people don't really understand that. Um, so that's kind of why I want to share the knowledge. Like, you can do this and do what you want to do. You don't have to get locked in a box. You don't have to only you know work with these type of people only work this way you can create whatever you want i also have a professor that she is pretty cool because she's pretty dope she's like doing forensic speech pathologist you know working on she's a she went to, she went back to law school i believe and she was a speech language pathologist but she's like advocating for children that are misincarcerated due to the fact that they're and also kind of advocating on the fact that hey like their brain hasn't been developed in this area. So their judgment for this is off. So how can they be charged for this when really they weren't operating at that level? So like I said earlier, you can literally do what you want to do, create your own path, be what you want to be. What are you passionate about? Do you want to work with, are you interested in maybe, I don't know, there's a, there's a, a guy who like works with people on their voice. So he works with like coaches, helping them project their voice, works with singers, works with, all these other people like there's so much you can do you want to work with babies you can do that too work with the NICU work with feeding whatever you want to do so it's like I think that's why I'm so passionate about it because there's just so many options and it takes us that are in it sharing our stories which is why the SLP way is all about sharing my journey and the impact we all make together because we need more people and we definitely need more black people that was so beautiful I'm sorry everybody else do too but listen I mean it's just it, I mean, I just feel like what other, I haven't, I don't know, I'm not going to say there's no other career, but SLP, being a student language pathologist, you do have so many options. You can do whatever you want to do. It can be, it can all be put back to speech because it's the, honestly, language is like the foundation. If we don't have attention, we can't really do anything else anyway. So if our brain isn't functioning some type of way, whatever, it just, it builds on everything we do in any setting. That was beautifully said. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, I love being able to 
to converse with people who you can see their passion, you can feel their passion just by the way that they communicate about, you know, what it is that they're involved in. And I think that that's pretty evident for yourself. And I love so many of the things you said, because I think, and, and for the listeners, think about how many times you have had a desire to start a brand or a desire to start some type of business. And you just felt like there was no way for your voice to matter. or You felt like you didn't have the proper resources or, or you couldn't do it because it was something that was deemed unconventional, you know, and I want you to think about that. And I want you to really harbor on what Diamond just got done speaking about, because for you and to, to Paul's point, we are misrepresented. We're underrepresented in speech pathology, physical therapy, yeah, anything in the medical field, you name it, we're underrepresented in. And so for you, you said, well, I'm going to be the change I want to see. And I'm going to make sure that I can be an advocate for what I believe in and an advocate to show, you know, these young black men and women that you can do this too. And it can be fun. It can be what you make of it. Like, I think that's so amazing because the medical field from the outside looking in, it can, it can look very mundane and very boring to people, especially just being real with our culture. When you're, when you're a young African-American male or female growing up in, and you're seeing the LeBrons and the Beyonce's and, you know, all these flashy entertainers and, and uh, athletes, it's very easy for you to think, that's what I want to do right there. But why is that? It's because that's what we see. That's what you see. And so by you being able to put yourself out there, you're already making a difference because all those young black men and young black women that are on Instagram, you know, and, and they're scrolling through and they're going through hashtags and they may type in SLP or speech pathology or black speech language pathologist or black speech pathologist and you come up, it's like, oh, so we do have black people in the field, you know, right. and it gives them that extra motivation to be able to push forward. So with all that being said, uh, a question that I have for you is I'm sure that in the face of all of that, that there were still your points where you were kind of like, uh, you know, can I, can I really do this? Like, like, can I really be that voice? And so the question that I want to ask you is for anyone who's listening to this and they have a desire to build a brand like you, like you have done for, for your career and for your passion, what would be, the top three things that you would say they have to do to overcome that fear of not executing on that? Okay. Um, the first thing I guess I would say is jump in. First of all, just, just jump. Um, I've had me, my journey has not been easy. First of all, I had, advisors telling me that I should be reconsidering my coursework. I had 
I did not get accepted into graduate school immediately after undergrad. I had to wait like a whole year. I got denied from schools and I had one school that was willing to give me a chance. And that was Howard University. That's probably also why I go so hard for Howard, but <laughs> they gave me a chance. Um, other schools, I was on wait lists. And, and it, that during that time, it's tough. You question yourself, you question your skills, you question, your, you question everything about what you chose. I was about to go be a social worker. And not, nothing wrong with social workers, but I was like, uh, maybe I'll just do this because somebody was like, you could just do this. Whatever you're truly passionate about, do it. Um, the second thing I would say, educate yourself. I think that a lot of times we feel like we know it all, but we never would know it all. To this day, I still don't know it all. So always educate yourself. Always be teachable. Always be willing to learn. And if you don't know, say, I don't know. You know, that gives someone the opportunity to teach you something. Um, if, I think when you go into anything that if you don't, truly either know it or are teachable you're not going to grow so jump in um, educate yourself be teachable and be authentic i think a lot of times we look at social media and this happened to our generation we look at social media we we think that what is always displayed on social media or tv media in general is what we should be doing and the only thing we can do. But people want to hear your journey. People want to hear your story. People want to be able to relate to you. They want to be friends. They don't, we, we want to be friends. We don't want to be um, a duplicate of someone else. So be authentic, be true to yourself, you know, and just embrace your journey. It's a journey. You're never going to, it's not an end to it. It's going to be a journey. So just embrace that journey, your authentic journey. Those are, those are three great answers, by the way. All right. Especially that last one, be authentic. I think, I know one of the most important things we could ever do for ourselves or even let it be the starting point is just being who we are, not not trying to fabricate is such a tough word because somebody's feelings will get hurt. But you thought that was hurt. No. Nope. Right? Yeah. All right. All right. We're gonna hurt. Like, don't fabricate this life that is not true to who you are. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that in the, you know, like go ball out and buy things you can't afford. I mean, even down to the level of just like choosing a career that is in line, in alignment with who you are, in alignment with your values, your morals. Um, and your passion. Uh, I, I personally, that's something that I've had to overcome this la this year and halfway through last year, just understanding like, you know, you're not living life for somebody else. Therefore, do what you love, do what makes you happy and do what brings you, you know, fulfillment. And clearly, if the listeners can't tell if, the, if they're in listener land, uh, we should start calling it that. If they're in listener land, and they can't see, right? For those of y'all that are watching on the YouTube one, um, Diamond is super passionate about what she does. And she's super in tune with, you found your calling, you found where you're supposed to be. And you found where you're supposed to be um, serving at, at your highest level. Uh, some call it like the zone of genius, right? So everything, you know, it, you're, not, you're not struggling too hard to be who you need to be and who you are, right? 
And so I just want to kind of highlight that last one being authentic, um, just because it speaks, it speaks volumes, you know, for us, Carl and myself, um, with everybody that we interact with, everybody that we bring onto the podcast, the last thing we'd want is somebody to come on and they are not who they need to be. And, you know, just the fact that you're willing to bring that, right. Cause I think some people would come on, they'll get a question and they're going to be like, ah, I need that three answers right here. But, you know, just even watching, like you go through your process, like everything you said is real. Everything you said is honest. Everything you said is what you actually wanted to say. So for listeners, yo, um, just take this, you know, as, as a learning moment, as, um, a, res- a pr- representation, you see, I'm trying to use the English correctly, right? Cause we got the SLP on here. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to be correct, but yeah, I'm trying. I'm saying I'm trying, but just take it as, as a testament to how you should be looking at your journey um, as an entrepreneur, how you should be looking at your journey as a healthcare uh, professional and just understand that everything will come in its own time. But as long, you know, she, she mentioned that she didn't just get in to grad school immediately. And I think that, you know, that tune, um, that story is, is often too common for a lot of people. But the thing that doesn't happen on the other side is that perseverance to still keep going and after it. People said you should just do social work. Shout out to all the social workers. <laughs> said you should do all these other things, but you said, no, like the thing I want to do is this. So I'm going to go do it. Shout out to Howard. They let you in, you know, and provided the space for you to become who you are. Look, she goes so hard for Howard. It's almost, anyway, <laughs> um, I, I say all this just to to bring home this point that as long as you are true to yourself, you will find what's right for you. And once you start to operate in that zone, once you start to function in there, you know, things will happen. Doors will be open. You know, the SLP way is something that is needed because if folk are out here at the ripe age of 20 something, finding out the speech pathology is is an actual career field, there's a problem with the system. Therefore, we must do everything we must, um, we can to correct it and then bring awareness um, to everything you are doing. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's all I got to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Carl has anything else he wanted to share, but that's it for me. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm not done yet. So <laughs> switching, switching gears a little bit, I want to kind of talk a little bit about, a little bit more about the, the SLP way. Because I feel like I feel like there are listeners who they have this idea that they want to create this brand and they want to start a they want to start an IG page, they want to start a YouTube. And what people tend to forget is that everything takes time to grow, especially when it's organic and to your third point that you said earlier, authentic. So I kind of want to want to get like a few practical steps that you kind of went through to be able to get the YouTube to grow and also to get the Instagram to grow as well. So what would you what would be some practical steps that you would give listeners who are saying, hey, I want to start a, a YouTube page or hey, I want to start an IG page and I don't want to just start it. I want to help it grow as well. Okay. Um, I would say, again, just start, just do it. I think so many times I'm guilty of this and a lot of things that I've done, I delayed it because I 
wanted it to be perfect. I wanted to have the perfect logo. I wanted to have the perfect captions. I wanted to have the perfect lighting. I wanted to have the perfect this and that. And it del- what it did was delayed my process. Okay. So I would say go for it. And the th- things that I really did, like I started, my YouTube channel is more personal. The Diamonds and Niece is more a like personal lifestyle. I mix kind of like faith, beauty, lifestyle, and medical SLP to show like me as a whole. Like I don't, I didn't want it to just be, you know, just about speech language pathology because I'm more than just speech language pathology. I have other things that I do. I have other passions and interests. Um, it's not just work. So I wanted it to be a little bit of everything and encompass all that. So really, I started seeing growth on that channel when I just became consistent and shared my videos across all my platforms. At one point, I was like, I don't want to post it on this because I don't know what this person going to say. I don't want to post it on Facebook because all my grandparents, you know, just share your stuff. People, people actually care. And I've gotten so much feedback just by sharing these videos on these random platforms um, with the SLP way. Um, same thing. I just started to get consistent. I actually create a schedule on what I'm going to post for the week. And I also do it for the month. And that is how I help myself be consistent across my channels with my posts. Um, I really also look at like the analytics of my channels and YouTube and Instagram to see when people are actually on and ready to engage with me and engage with the content that I post. And that's when I post, right? Like, because if you want people to see your posts and engage with you, you got to post when they actually own. Can you post it at three o'clock in the morning, everybody to sleep. So unless your analytics say that, then you can do that. Um, so being consistent with your content and the best way I do that is just by planning it out, looking at your analytics. So you know, when's the best time for you to make your posts. And you said three things, right? However many you want to give. Yeah, you could keep going. <laughs> I will share all the tea. I don't care. Um, let's see. It's just so much. What else do I do to help uh, grow my channels? I also put out authentic content. Like, I don't just make up things. I actually sit down and think about what I want to say, what I want someone to get from this post, or how can I help someone with this post, or what information can I provide with this post? So are my posts relevant? Are they engaging is it something that someone's actually wants to engage with so i try to you know make sure that all of my content across those platforms also encompass all of that yeah uh let's see what else do i do i do a lot it's, i can't even i can't even think of it right now for real um <laughs> engage with other people no one wants to just come to your youtube videos or your instagram posts and only like your posts and you never like theirs or nobody wants to come to your channel and they take the time out of their precious day to say, Hey, I really like it. Like on my personal, the diamond Denise, they may say, Hey, I really like this shirt on the SLP way. They said, may say, Hey, I really enjoyed this video. I learned so much. Can you share this? And then I never respond to their comments. So respond to people when they come. It's just, the right thing to do. If somebody comes to your face and says that you would actually have a comment back, same thing with social media, I feel like. And people just normally just go like, 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 like to their comment instead of actually engaging with people. So I try to really engage with people. I think (laughs) I'm so glad you brought that up. So let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit in terms of 
because because this is a big one, especially for people who, you know, they they envision being able to have a, a big account. Because I mean, let's be honest, we live in we live in in a great time right now, just in terms of the flexibility and the versatility to make money to where it's very easy to be able to make money, you know, through social media nowadays, once you build a platform and you actually start putting stuff out there. So what is your, what is your philosophy in terms of with your brand when you look at, cause this, this is a big one that a lot of people I think struggle with. What is your philosophy when you're thinking about who and who you're not going to follow back? or who you're going to follow in general. Okay. Do I have a philosophy for that? I think um, if someone follows me on whatever platform, with the SLP, I like to follow back a lot of SLPs because I like to post their content, share their content as well, um, or other professionals that are kind of within that realm on my personal page I kind of just like to follow people back that I feel like I can relate to or um if I like you know go on their feed and I like something then I I will follow them back or if I go and read their comments and see that hey they actually engage with the people that come on their page it's almost like building like a little a friendship on your iPhone right so you got all these little Instagram friends or whatever social media friends but I don't want friends that I can't actually engage with. So if you're not posting anything that's relevant, that's drawing my attention, that, you know, you're actually, or I'm seeing that you actually talk to the people that follow you, I'm not really interested to follow back, I guess. That's kind of how I do that. Sometimes I overlook people I know, because sometimes if there's a lot of comments or follows that come in, I may overlook it. But if I actually like engage with you or you're engaged with me on my page, pages then I um like I notice that and then I will go follow that person too that's my real answer that's what I do <laughs> no no that's that's fine that's fine I had to ask you know just because seriously I can't tell you the amount of times that I've I've heard someone say like oh I'm not I'm not following anyone back or you know this person didn't follow me back or blase blase blah and so you know I was curious to know your opinion just because I mean, and don't, don't hate me for using this word and you can, you can switch it out to whatever word makes you comfortable if you don't like it, but you're an influencer essentially, you know, in, in your field. And so it's like, when you, when you kind of think about it, people, people tend to gravitate towards you because of what you're bringing to the table and because of the amazing content that you're putting out there to, display speed pathology yeah. um so so that's just why i asked that so i got one more question for you and then i promise i'll leave i'll, I'll, I'll stop grilling you <laughs> <laughs> all right so the final question i have for you 10 years from now 20 years from now matter of fact diamond Godbolt, what does it look like what is the legacy that you want to have built in the next 10 to 20 years for yourself so I, my motto with everything that I do and all the different things that I run, I always want to speak, inspire, and impact. If I'm not doing that, I don't know what I'm doing. So that is the, those are the three things that are like the foundation behind everything I do. So I really hope to be able 
be speaking more and about my field, about what I do, just sharing my whole journey. Um, as a person individually, encouraging other people, I kind of have an idea of something that I want to do with my career, a path that I kind of want to create. So I hope to, you know, be established in 10, 20 years. I hope, definitely hope to be established in that and working more so for myself um, than for a company. Just don't really want to do that. And if I do do that, it may be on a different scale. I hope to just be encouraging other black people in the field of sweet makeup pathology. And then also I'm really passionate about inspiring black women, women in general, but particularly like black women that got my heart because I feel like we just, we, we just don't have access to a lot of things that we should have access to, especially growing up, especially a lot of millennials. We were kind of in that little weird phase of like, learning technology getting rid of technology like old technology we just kind of got in the mid middle of everything so if we are millennial you kind of live through like two different worlds almost you know and the family dynamics change everything changed so i really hope to be making an impact in the lives of other women helping them just navigate life and just doing more of like what i want to do and what i'm truly passionate about and starting some other things that will be coming. So if you guys want to keep up with my journey, y'all can follow me and yeah. That's what I hope to be doing in 10 years. Sounds good. Well, in 10 years, you can come back to this episode and you can see how much growth, you know, and, and how much progress you made, which I know it'll be exponential just by your passion, you know, and, and being consistent and being authentic and showing up. So um, let me say, Diamond, thank you so much for coming on the episode. This was a pleasure. So thank you so much for, for hopping on and, and talking to us. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me and inviting me to your podcast. I'm really grateful to be here. Of course, 100%. So before I let you go, for anyone who is listening and they're like, this is their first time being exposed to you and they want to figure out how they can get in contact with you, what contact information or what social media information would you leave with them? If you guys follow me or go find me at The Diamond Denise, you can find everything about everything that I do. And you'll find more about the SLP way and more about other things that I'm venturing out to. And it's The T-H-E, everything spelled regular, Diamond, D-I-A-M-O-N-D, Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E. In the SLP way is linked on that page. So you can learn about everything from that one page. All right. Thank you. So with that being said to our lovely listeners, we appreciate y'all. We love you. If you got some value from this episode, which come on, Diamond dropped some fire. So I know you got some value. Share, subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. Leave a five-star review. We appreciate it. But until next time, Peace and many blessings. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by the Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really do not have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. 
You can find help at www.preptgrindotc.com. This episode was also brought to you by Physio Memes. Physio Memes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. Physio Memes. Thank you for listening. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.